Welcome to Friendship with God. Today, Tom Cantor will continue teaching us from Genesis about Lot and his betrayal to his family, his friends, and how Lot was guilty of the sin of not caring for the lost. Now, this message is available for free download at friendshipwithgod.org and also on iTunes by searching for the Friendship with God podcast. Now, do you have a friend or family member or someone that you know that's Jewish or Gentile that needs to be reached with the gospel? Well, Tom Cantor has his life story in a book, a small booklet, and also on DVD that will help you to be able to witness to your lost Jewish or Gentile friends. Now, to obtain a copy of this, you can call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. 3051. You can also order copies by going to friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. Let Tom Cantor help you to be able to witness to your lost Jewish or Gentile friends. So call us now or after the program at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. 800-247-3051. Or go to friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, and order online Now, here's Tom Cantor teaching us today about Lot and his betrayal to his family and his friends and how Lot was guilty of the sin of not caring for the lost. He made the community of Sodom his community. And whenever a believer lives in a dark place, lives in a darkness, he has a responsibility from God to bring the light into that darkness. That's his responsibility. Lot was in the community of Sodom, and the community of Sodom desperately needed Lot to preach repentance toward God. Lot needed to preach repentance toward God. The community of Sodom would have repented, according to the Lord, if Lot had been like the Lord Jesus Christ and brought God's light to them. The Lord said that in Matthew eleven twenty three when he spoke to Capernaum. He said, And thou, Capernaum, which art exalted unto heaven, shall be brought down to hell. For if the mighty works which had been done in thee had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. Well, how could the mighty works have been done in Sodom? By God's called man, Lot. To bring the lights, as he told his disciples, you are the light of the world. So Lot betrayed Sodom. Lot also betrayed Abraham when Lot took the best land. And when Lot didn't obey God, Lot betrayed God by not bringing God's light to the community. So by not bringing God's light to the community of Sodom, Lot betrayed God, but Lot betrayed the community of Sodom. And finally, in the end, we saw that what goes around comes around, that Lot was betrayed by that own community of Sodom. By trying so hard to fit in and make the community of Sodom his own community, Lot ends up betraying the community of Sodom, and that community, see, he tried so hard, remember, he calls them brethren in verse 7. And that same community betrays Lot and ends up betraying him as they try to assault Lot's guests, as we saw Lot trying to argue with them. And then when they did, they ridiculed Lot for trying to be a judge over them. So Lot tried to live in between God's standards and Sodom's standards. And when he did that, he betrayed his own daughters by allowing them to marry men of Sodom. And finally, we saw that those same married daughters of Lot that he had betrayed by allowing them to marry these men of Sodom, those married daughters of Lot betrayed Lot. See, when they refused to leave Sodom when he called them to leave. 
And then we saw how Lot tried to live in between what God expected and what the people of Sodom expected. And when he did that, he betrayed his own sons-in-law because there's no evidence that he ever preached the gospel to them, the good news that they could be forgiven by God. And when he, he finally did preach to them to leave Sodom, then finally in the verse we saw that, that he was betrayed by them. Wow, how? Because they mocked him. They mocked him when they told him that God was going to destroy Sodom and that they had to leave. So Lot betrayed his sons-in-law, and they betrayed Lot. Now we've been talking about how Lot betrayed the community of Sodom and the sons-in-law, and finally, because they just, and we have to ask the question, why? Why didn't Lot really bring the gospel to them? Why didn't he bring the fact that they, could, that they should repent of their sins, that there was forgiveness of God? And it's because Lot just did not care about their spiritual condition. Lot knew that they had not come to Jehovah for forgiveness of their sins, but he didn't care. He didn't care enough to preach to them that they should repent and seek God's forgiveness. He was guilty. Lot was guilty of the sin of not caring for the lost. He was just too busy living his life to be concerned about the eternal destinies of, who are they? The lost that are all around him. When the angels ask that question to Lot in verse 12, it's a very searching question. When they said, and the men said unto Lot, Hast thou here any besides son-in-law, thy sons, daughters, whatsoever thou hast, which really should be whosoever thou hast, in the city, bring them out, bring them out of this place. That's a very solemn and searching question that the angels ask Lot. Hast thou here any besides son-in-law, sons, daughters, whatsoever thou hast, bring them out of the city. What they were asking Lot was, Lot, hast thou here any besides? What they're really saying to Lot was, Lot, do you have any here beside yourself? Are there any here, others here? Lot, is there anyone else that you're concerned for beside yourself? Lot, do you care about the eternal destinies of anyone beside yourself? Lot, do you care for and are you concerned about whether you're, it will be heaven or hell for your sons-in-law, your sons, your daughters, or any acquaintance that you have in this city? The angels are command, and then they turn around. First they ask the question, and then they command Lot, whatsoever thou hast in the city, bring them out of this place. See, when we read those questions and the command, the angel spoke to Lot, we can hear God, he's speaking to us. We get the message here. Because when the angel said to Lot, hast thou any beside sons and law, sons and so forth, we hear God saying to us, do you care? God's saying this to us. Do you care about the eternal destinies of anyone beside yourself? Are you concerned that your family, your friends are outside the Lord Jesus Christ and they're going to hell? Are you concerned for those people you come in contact in your business and you're going around with your with what you have to do and errands and so forth? Do you care that they are going unnecessarily to hell? Does that move you? And the question of the angels that asked Lot in verse 12 is when he said, Hast thou here any besides? really boils down to two words care and concern. Lot, do you care for any besides yourself? Lot, are you concerned? for the eternal destinies of any besides yourself. And then the command that they give Lot in verse 12, whatsoever the house and city bring them out of this place, really boils down to a command. Lot, I command you to care. I command you to be concerned. 
Lot, I'm commanding you to care. I'm commanding you to be concerned for the eternal destinies of others beside yourself. Those same two words, care and concern, are at the heart of evangelism. That's what evangelism is all about. Do you care that your lost family and your friends and your acquaintances are going to hell? Are you concerned that your lost family and your friends and your acquaintances are going to hell? That they'll be cast into a lake of fire forever? See, that's God's acid test of evangelism. It's the same questions, really, God saying, you want to be evangelist? Do you, are you to care? Are you concerned? That's the same questions that the lost ask of us. When they look at us and they say, why are you telling me this gospel? Do you really care about my soul? Are you really concerned for me? Or is this just some kind of religious duty that you have to do and you're doing? And when we bring the gospel to the lost, the lost are saying to us, let me look in your eyes. Let me look in your eyes when you tell me this salvation message. Let me see from your eyes if there really is a genuine concern and care for my soul. And those same two words of care and concern are at the heart of the command to evangelize. As with Lot in verse 12, God is commanding us about the lost. The command is, I command you to care about your lost family or friends, your acquaintances, and that they're going to hell. I command you to be concerned about your lost family, your friends, your acquaintances. They're going to be cast into a lake of fire for eternity. A genuine gospel witness to a lost soul springs out of the soil of genuine care and concern for that lost soul. If it doesn't, it's not genuine. And if we say to God, well, I just don't feel that care. You know, I don't feel the concern for that lost person. God's reply is, love's not a feeling, love is a command. When it says, love the Lord your God, it's not like, wait till you get the feeling to love the Lord your God. It's love now. You know? When God says to you, husbands, love your wives, it's a good thing he doesn't say, wait till you get the feeling. Sometimes you've got other feelings. <laughs> but, so when God commanded Lot in verse 2 to bring them out of this place, God was saying to Lot, Lot, it doesn't matter what you do. Just do all you can to achieve the goal. Bring him out of this place. Everybody wants a formula for evangelism. What are the words i got to say in this? It doesn't matter. Just bring them out of this place. In evangelism or soul winning, we want formulas. We want one, two, three. But God's reply is it doesn't matter what you do. Do what you can do to achieve the goal. Bring them out of this place. What does it mean to bring them out of this place? Paul said it. In Acts 26, 18, he says, the goal is to open their eyes, number one, and to turn them from darkness to light, number two, and from the power of Satan unto God, number three, that they may receive forgiveness, number four, of sins and inheritance, number five, among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. And we see that Lot, he got the message, finally, He got the message of the urgency of the issue when he talks to his sons-in-law in in verse 14. Lot went out, spake unto his sons-in-law, which married his daughters, and said, Up, get you out of this place, for the Lord will destroy the city. So when it says in verse 14, and Lot went out, we see how Lot got serious and got up from his complacency. And that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to get serious and to get up regarding his call to preach the gospel. Get serious, get up from complacency. And what we see in Lot's message 
It's a startling message, the way he comes on. He says, you know, up, get you up out of this place. God's going to destroy it. It's a startling message, and it's a message with a great amount of urgency. Up, get you out of this place right now, for the Lord is going to destroy the city. His message was urgent. Lot's message was, you've got to move now. There's no time to think about this. Destruction is right at the door. Lot's message was like the gospel message to be safe from destruction. That's why the gospel message is an urgent message. You have to receive the Lord Jesus Christ now. There's no time to think about this. None of us know the time of our death. Destruction might be right around the corner. But they made fun. They thought this was a big joke. This is funny. And that's the typical response of the lost. You know, this last summer, our Israel Restoration phone callers were calling lost Jewish people in St. Louis. And so one of them called a Jewish reporter, a member of what they call the I-Team, in the TV station KSDK in St. Louis. And so on December 2nd, that TV station KSDK did an evening special, they reported called, and the title was, Evangelical Group Targeting Jewish People in St. Louis. And in their news piece, they played the recording of our Israel Restoration phone caller speaking to uh, Lisa Zygman, and the conversation went like this. Our representative, our person said, I was calling on behalf of Tom Cantor. He cares very deeply about the Jewish community, so that's why he's sending this free message. Wants to send him a DVD. And Lisa Zygman replies, he's looking for Jewish people? And she says, and the reason is to do what? And the representative said, send a message of hope and gladness to the Jewish community. Now, that's what they played on the television. Now, the reporter on the TV who was reporting all this said with a smirk and a smile on her face these words, quote, the caller from Israel Restoration Ministries said he had a message of hope and gladness to give her. It sounded a lot more like fire and brimstone. See, the Israel Restoration caller said, I cared very deeply about the Jewish community, and he said nothing about fire and brimstone, but he was calling to send the DVD message, hope and gladness. But that lost reporter thought, this is a funny, this is a joke. And a smile on her face, she mockingly says, sounds like fire and brimstone, what a joke. And Lot's son-in-law did the same thing. The sons-in-law mocked Lot, and Lot was sent by God to bring the message of salvation to the sons-in-law. So when the sons-in-law mocked Lot, bringing this message of salvation, they were mocking God. And when we bring the gospel message of salvation to the lost, we are sent by God to bring the message of salvation to the lost. So when the lost mock us, bringing the gospel message of salvation, they're mocking God. And God doesn't take being mocked lightly. He says in Galatians 6, 7, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. So Lot tries to live in between in many areas. And he tries to live in between the morals of God and Sodom. And he tries to live in between God and Sodom. And Lot, in the process, he betrays his wife by not moving them out of that place, out of Sodom. Especially after they were taken almost to Damascus and brought back by Abraham, and that was a decision point, and he betrayed his wife. And finally, in the end, we see that Lot was betrayed by his wife as she looked back on the city 
that Lot taught her by his own life to love. And what we read, what happened about what happened to Lot's wife is very simply put in verse 26. But his wife looked back from behind him and she became a pillar of salt. So she looked back, she became a pillar of salt. Now we look at that, we look at verse 26 and we say, what is the big deal? So what? She became a pillar of salt for looking back? I mean, all she did was look back. Why should she have become a pillar of salt? After all, it was a big deal happening back there. Fire and brimstone falling on her city, on her house, on her family, on her friends. Why shouldn't she look back? Who wouldn't have looked back? What was wrong with looking back? What did her looking back mean? That's the issue. And the Lord Jesus Christ explained what her looking back meant in Luke 17, 31-32, when he talked about the time when he would return. And it says, And that day he which shall be on the housetop and his stuff in the house, let him not come down to take it away. And he that's in the field, let him likewise not return back. And then one of the shortest verses in the Bible, verse 32, Remember Lot's wife. Those verses tell us what was wrong with Lot's wife looking back. Her look back was an expression of, oh no, my stuff. I'd rather have my stuff than God. Her look back was an expression of, oh no, my family and my friends. I'd rather have my family and friends than God. Her look back was a look of, I'd rather be with my stuff and with my family and friends rather than God. Lot's wife got out of Sodom But Sodom never got out of Lot's wife. Her body was out of Sodom, but her heart was in Sodom. When she looked back, she was expressing her love for Sodom, which is what the Bible says not to do in 1 John 2.15. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Her look back was her drawing back as is described in Hebrews 10, 38 through 39. Now the just shall live by faith. But if a man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we're not of them that draw back unto perdition, but of them which believe to the saving of the soul. See, Lot's wife drew back unto perdition. Lot did not draw back, so his soul was saved. And a very interesting description in Romans 11.22, which is a real chapter about the Jewish people, but it says, Behold the goodness and severity of God. On them which fell severity, but toward thee goodness, if thou continue in his goodness, otherwise thou also shall be cut off. Goodness and severity of God. Severity on Lot's wife who fell. Goodness on Lot who continued with God. See, that verse is very interesting because what we see, given that that verse is in the chapter about the Jewish people, we really see in this unit of Lot and Lot's wife a picture of the Jewish people. Because even within a family, even within husband and wife, and the closeness of a husband and a wife, There was the goodness of God and there was the severity of God. And within the Jewish people and the Lord Jesus Christ, there is the severity of God on his own 
that he came to who received him not, John 1.11. And within the same Jewish people, there is the goodness of God on his own, on the as many as received him. Those are the ones that he gave the power of God to become the sons of God, according to the next verse, John 1.12. So Lot's wife's relationship with her husband, with the righteous soul of Lot, was not enough for her to be saved in the end. And no matter how closely a person is related to a saved person, each person has to do what Paul said in Philippians 2.12. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. And her look back was a disobedience, a direct in the face of God disobedience because he said, don't look back. In verse 17, it came to pass when they had brought them forth abroad that he said, escape for thy life, look not behind thee. So with her look back, she not only expressed her love, but she expressed her question. She questioned. Her look back questioned. Her look back, she questioned. She questioned with two words, would be, should be. See, her look back, she questioned whether Sodom really would be destroyed. Her look back, she questioned really whether Sodom should be destroyed. And when God says in Romans 3.23, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, and then Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death, it's saying what an Old Testament verse is describing hell for all eternity for lost sinners. Of all books, the book of Isaiah, verse 66, verse 24, when it describes hell as they shall go forth and look upon the carcasses of men that have transgressed against me. For their worms shall not die, neither shall their fire be quenched, and they shall be an abhorring unto all flesh. So for us to remember Lot's wife means that we will not question with Lot's wife if lost sinners should be cast into hell. So her look back was an expression of all these things, but her is really an expression of she'd rather have all of her stuff and her family and her friends than God, that she loved her stuff and her family and her friends over God, and she was turned into a pillar of salt. And the record that we have here of her as a pillar of salt stands as a monument for all time that tells us to love God more than stuff and more than family and more than friends. And that's why the Lord Jesus Christ said, remember Lot's wife. Don't forget Lot's wife. And there shouldn't be a day go by in our lives that we don't remember Lot's wife. Lot tried to live in between God and Sodom when Lot betrayed his unmarried daughters by offering to prostitute them to be sexually violated by a mob. And what happened? Finally, in the end, we saw that Lot was betrayed by his own unmarried daughters as they drugged him and each sexually violated Lot to carry out their hellish scheme. And I don't want to talk about uh, Lot's daughters because the Bible says in Ephesians 5.12, it's a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. Thank you for joining Tom Cantor and the Friendship with God radio program today. You can find Tom Cantor and the Friendship with God radio program in Israel Restoration Ministries on Facebook. Look for Tom Cantor there and his daily devotional that's posted there or sign up for it online at friendshipwithgod.org. Now our resource for this month is Tom Cantor's 18-day 
Calvary CPR book. Now, CPR stands for Conversational Prayer Reading, and it's when you read a verse and respond back to God in prayer. This is what Tom Cantor calls Bible breathing, where we inhale a verse and exhale a prayer. This is Calvary CPR, or Bible breathing, and brings us closer together with God. Now, Tom Cantor's book, it's an 18-day book that you go through called Calvary CPR that'll help you draw closer to God in not only Bible reading, but prayer. It's a tremendous resource and tremendous book for a donation of $20 or more. Now, every day we should kneel at Calvary and worship both the Lord Jesus Christ who laid down his life for us there and also the Father who loved us and gave him to deliver us from our sins. Now, let me give you an example of how CPR or Bible breathing works as Tom Cantor teaches us in this book. Now, let's, for example, say we read or inhale John 19.1 where it says, Then Pilate, Therefore took Jesus and scourged him. Then we immediately respond or exhale in prayer and say, Thank you, Lord, for not lashing out at Pilate when he ordered you to be scourged. Thank you for not calling 10,000 legions of angels to destroy Pilate, because if you did, you would not have died for my sins. So it's inhaling the verse and exhaling a prayer of thanksgiving and thoughts back towards God. Now, the 18-day Calvary CPR book from Tom Cantor will help you to improve your Bible reading and prayer and relationship and friendship with the Lord Jesus Christ, friendship with God. Now, you can get this for a donation of $20 or more to the Friendship with God radio program, which will also support Jewish evangelism in this program, staying on the air. So get the Calvary 18-day CPR book, 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Again, 800-247-3051, or go online to friendshipwithgod.org, to our online bookstore, friendshipwithgod.org, or 800-247-3051.